Welcome to Uplifting Women podcast. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net, as well as Holly Tesca Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Join our co-hosts, Holly Tesca and Kristen Strunk, thought partners in the world of leadership, equality, and personal and professional development. Listen as they bring stories of inspirational women and their allies who are working every day for authentic leadership, equality, and inclusion in business, education, and community. These are the stories of the people whose mission it is to ensure others are seen, heard, and respected. They've overcome challenges in the workplace and the world or supported other women in doing so. Holly and Kristen are committed to uplifting women's voices, sharing inspiration, advice, and maybe even a few laughs from women and their allies about the work they are doing to promote inclusion and equality in our world. They believe that by sharing stories of challenge and triumph, we can all make the world a better place as we inspire others to step fully into their personal leadership space. We are so happy you have joined us today for our conversation. Welcome to this episode of Uplifting Women. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Kristen Strunk, and I am here with Julie Anding. Over the past 26 years, Julie has held numerous leadership positions, including C-suite roles in organizations. She has caringly led her teams through a CEO transition, restructuring, and strategy refresh while navigating the pandemic. She is heavily involved in many community activities. In addition, Julie has served on many nonprofit boards, recently completing service with the University of Wisconsin Whitewater Foundation and Near Westside Partners. A graduate of the University of Wisconsin Whitewater with a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology and a master's in guidance and counseling, she also holds a PhD in human and organizational systems from Fielding Graduate University, Santa Barbara, California. Her areas of expertise include human resources, ESG, leadership, change and transformation, culture, talent development, organization development, learning, and human development. After recently transitioning out of a C-suite role, she is using this time to find herself and determine how her next chapter will unfold. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you both so much for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. I'm a fan of your podcast, so just delighted to be here. I appreciate that. We always start with the same intro, and we would really love to hear your story and what you're planning for your next chapter so far. First, let me say what a brilliant question to start with, to give an open-ended tell me your story. And if I were sitting in your spot, I'd be asking that question too, but I'll tell you answering it is <laughs> not nearly as fun. Um, but I have been, been playing with it in my head for a little bit. And I'm going to start with, instead of starting at the beginning, like I typically would have, I'm going to start at the end or at least at the now, maybe is a better way to say it where I am right now. As you mentioned in the kind intro, I'm in a new phase of my life and career. I am in the process of what I'm calling unthawing from a long career in corporate America and a few years in higher ed. I've been working for 31 years and I have the privilege of being able to retire this year. So about two months ago, I, I ended my time in corporate America and I had a plan to, to retire early that had always been part of my plan. But about two years ago, I realized that I needed to do some serious work about getting ready for that because 
so much of your identity is tied to what you do. And if you've ever been to any social engagement, it's usually the first question you get asked, what what do you do? Which I'm going to work on not asking that question. I'm going to come, I have some other questions I'm going to start asking instead of that one. But I did some work uh, with a dear friend and someone I trust immensely about two years ago, pretty serious, uh, what I call soul work, what she called soul work, to prepare for this big transition in my life. And yeah, the way I've been describing it is like I'm an ice block. I was, I'm frozen from, I don't know, years of working. And I, so I, I realized recently that I've just started to unthaw, that the unthawing really began two years ago, and I'm just now starting to melt a little bit. So I'm trying to get back to some of the core things about who I am and really think about what the next chapter of my life is going to be like. Don't know yet, but this is my year of choice. There's a great article that I found in the New York Times two years ago. I even wrote down the author's name because I want to share it with all of your listeners. It's the New York Times article from January 6th of 2022 by Tara Parker Pope. And she talked about New Year's resolutions and how we always make these long lists of New Year's resolutions. But two weeks in, we're like, oh, we can't do this, right? It's too much. But her advice was you pick a word. What's your word that's going to be your mantra for the year and guide your decision making and and thought process, et cetera. Two years ago, I picked a word and I also did that with my team at the time. And we had a lot of fun with that as a team, kind of thinking about the words that were going to guide us. But for this year, it was choice. So spending a lot of time making new choices and trying to be very deliberate about my choices and using this year as a time to hopefully melt the ice cube and focus forward. The rest of my story is, it's great. I have a wonderful family. I have a great group of friends. I'm reconnecting with many of them because I've let some of those relationships stale a little bit because of my focus on work. But as you mentioned, I've spent almost 26 years in corporate America and various leadership roles. Prior to that, I worked for five years in higher ed. Loved that time. I, at my core, I think, am a student of leadership and human development and just love being able to help people find their full potential. And I'm a big believer that leadership matters and it is a craft in and of itself, and more people need to treat it that way and devote as much time and attention to it as they do to many of the things that are less important. That the introduction there to your year of choice is uh, freeing, it feels like, for you in terms of getting to make some decisions about what you do next or what you choose not to do. When you picked that word, what were some of the things that um, made the top of your list? Mm. Well, it's a great question. I think for me, 
one of the things that I've been learning is that time is the new form of wealth for me. And so much of the, certainly the last 10 years of my career, I didn't have a lot, I didn't feel like I had a lot of choice because a lot of choices were made for me in terms of my schedule and just how my day kind of ended and began, right? So one of the things that I'm trying to be very deliberate and careful about in my choices is not just being a bobblehead, yes, mm-hmm. doll, but thinking about no as a choice. So I'm moving away from doing lots of activities to focused on being and just trying to be in the moment and less is more. I remember probably 18 months ago listening. I, you know this about me because I'm a learning nerd, but I usually start my days with some kind of physical activity. I work out almost every day and I like to listen to podcasts and yours is one of them, but I listen to many. And on this particular morning, I was listening to a podcast from Brene Brown, who's I'm a big fan of her work. And she was talking about, about, about people coming to her and talking to her about, I can grow your business. I can increase your revenue. I can do all these things. And being really excited about the possibility of taking her business to the next level. But upon reflection, saying, what? That's not really what I want. I want to be able to go slower and deeper into my work. Um, and I remember being struck by those two words, slower and deeper. Um, for me, part of my choice, as I look at this year ahead for me, is where can I choose to go slower and deeper? And what I'm learning is that is really hard. <laughs> because I'm, I think I'm geared to go fast. fast. Um, so it's been really interesting to w- try to pay attention to where in my life it's showing up with all kinds of signals for me to go slower um, when all I'm really trying to do is go fast. So um, I'm learning how to slow down, which is, uh, it's not been easy for me. And as you move through this change and you mentioned being in corporate America and some really intense changes happening over the past few years for you, change tends to create anxiety and stress and uncertainty. So as you've made this shift into this next chapter, what about it do you think is causing the most anxiety around this particular change for you? Hmm. I think there's a couple, that's a great question. There's a couple things uh, that I'm noticing popping up for me. One is this idea of what am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? I shouldn't be taking a year off. I, I, there's more work to be done. And just giving myself permission to be like, mm, a day of reading and doing nothing is actually okay. Because it's so against kind of American culture and how we're taught to produce. So I, it's just been really interesting to watch how my conditioning around that has happened over the years and how, again, the unthawing around that or bringing a different mindset to that is, it, it, it has been playing out, <clears throat> excuse me, has been playing out for me over the last couple months. 
I think the other big anxiety, if I'm truly honest, is I'm used to a, a paycheck coming into my account every two weeks, and now it's, okay, that stopped. And just thinking through what the role money plays in my life, and, huh, okay, like, how is this going to work for me now? And how do I make this last as long as I can so that I can enjoy this time that I I'm very uh, lucky and privileged to have. So those are two things that in the last few months I've had to spend some time just readjusting to. And and also I think at being prepared for the question, what do you do? Which I've been asked numerous times in the last two months at various things that I've attended. And huh, how do I answer that question now? How um, have you answered it? I typically say whatever I want, because I retired two months ago. Um, and people get uncomfortable with that because the big people will say, you're too young to retire. What's next? Or they they follow that very quickly with, yeah, but clearly you're going to do something again. And I, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I really don't know, but I'm just trying to be, oh, instead of being really driven to answer that with a, yes, I'm going to take a year off and then I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. It's, I really want to see what might come up after I've unthawed. And I'm not even sure a year is going to be enough to get me where I need to be, particularly when I had the realization that I really started this process two years ago and I haven't made as much progress as I had hoped in that regard. And I think it's very interesting to hear you talk about even starting to ask other people different introductory questions. And as you've done that, what are some of the go-to questions you have transitioned to instead of what do you do? In all honesty, I haven't started yet, but I've been really thinking about the questions I want to ask. Like, what do you like to do? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Instead, it's almost like the question you started with, tell me your story, which is such a brilliant question. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Now, my worry with that question is that they'll go immediately to work, right, and start to tell me about work. Um, so I'm just trying to think of a creative question that I can lead with that will both just maybe pick, make people pause for a minute to be like, huh, okay, this is different. And because I find, at least for myself, I can't speak for other people, but I think I had a canned answer for these things that I just, you know, because it was like the thing I was supposed to answer in a certain way. And it, it, but it was bullshit, if I can say bullshit on your podcast. It's, I, it doesn't get to the authentic human in us. And I, that's the thing I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that's fantastic. And it, it goes back to what you had mentioned earlier is that we are conditioned to have these expectations and be productive. And when you're not productive, it's it's self-care. So you can be more productive when you start working again. It's So it's interesting to me to, to hear you say that when you think about as you get got into academia, as you got into the corporate world, 
Where do you think some of that conditioning for you came from over time? Hmm. (laughs) I think if I'm honest, there was something for me, particularly about my corporate time that was, I've never taken drugs, but I think if I did, it's what I would fear about taking. It's like an addiction of, oh, I want to be successful. I want to see how far I can go and loving the challenge and the, the like being able to help solve complex problems or seeing progress. I, I became addicted to like that being in the game, like being in the mix of it. And the other part for me, quite frankly, was an intellectual one. I loved my time in academia and I I loved being around really, I was around really smart people all the time. Same is true in corporate America, but I felt like it moved at a pace that I loved and I felt like I was always learning. And so for me, there was some addiction to, I I just don't want to get off this because I, it's like being high because I'm learning something all the time for me. So that is, it is now like taking control of my learning yeah, I was learning a lot in, in my work world, but it wasn't always things that I chose to learn. It was things I had to learn just given the projects I was working on or whatever. Now I feel like I'm in complete control of how I get to spend my days and what I choose, again, to read, listen to. And that has been a big change for me. No, that's a fantastic reflection on that addiction piece of you get addicted to the doing, you get addicted to Mm -hmm. being a part of the conversations, you get addicted to being in the quote unquote room when decisions are getting made. And as you think about that for people who are in corporate America right now, right? So those of us who are still holding down nine to five jobs, who are still in that work, what are some of the things that you might recommend for us um, to really look at what is it about our work world that is energizing us? What are some of those reflections you might offer us? Hmm. There's a lot to unpack in that question. Here's what I would say, and here's my top of mind response. I I think we are at such an inflection point in the world right now, particularly as it relates to work and what's going to happen, I think, very rapidly within the next five to 10 years with artificial intelligence hitting everybody's radar in full bore this year. I think there is a lot of rapid change that's going to happen. And I think it's going to require a lot of rethinking about what is work, who does work, (laughs) when we do work. And I've always held this belief. There's a couple of ways you can take it. You can get really scared and take a fear-based approach, or you can take more of a growth mindset approach and being open to say, wow, I'm going to have to adjust to a lot of different things. And I think the learn the people who go into it with a fear-based approach are going to struggle the most. Um, people who can go into it with, okay, 
I, I need to be open to all the change that's going to come. And I need to balance that with everything else going on in my life. And everybody's going to find themselves with different needs, just given their situation. And so I think being con very conscious and deliberate about how work fits in their life um, is an important choice everybody's going to have to make. But I do think it's a hard question to answer also because I, I do think it's going to be such a transformational time here in the next uh, while that it's going to remind you of the pandemic. We didn't have a roadmap for the pandemic. I don't think we're going to have a roadmap for this. The horse has left, left the stable, as they say. And we are laying the we're laying the groundwork as we go now. It's going to be really interesting, I think, to see how this plays out. But I do think a lot of what we've already been talking about through the pandemic and the things that we've learned about um, what we need in terms of some of the self care things that you mentioned are only going to become more critical. I think to people being able to bring their very best to whatever work, I put work in quick quotation here, will be for them or what it will mean to them in the future. No, that's such a great reflection of the changes that are coming and the opportunity to choose what mindset you're going to go into this with, but also choose what are the things that are most important to you. And you had mentioned that you are going back to some friendships during this time that might have suffered or fallen off as a result of uh, work and stages of life and seasons of life. Where are you turning to for support during this shift as you're making those changes? Mm. Yeah, great question. I think I did work with a coach prior to my retirement. And so I stay close to her and continue to have conversations and I'm doing a lot of journaling is the other thing that I'm doing. And I'm intentionally trying to write every day, making notes about just what I'm noticing, which it's amazing to me what you notice when you can, ha when you have some more time to be able to pay attention to it. So those are two things. And obviously the third would be my family. So I get, a lot of feedback from them occasionally <laughs> as well about where I'm at in my process right now. So there's some good, good reminders there for me to, to pay attention to. I'm also interested in a little bit about, you had mentioned leadership when we first started talking, when we talk, started to talk about your story. And I'm wondering how, what you have learned throughout your time in academia, in leadership, in being involved in community, in coaching people, in, in leading those particular functions and teams, what are you taking with you that you learned from those leadership experiences mm -hmm. into this next chapter? Yeah. Leadership is one of these things that uh, we all think we're good at, so we actually are put in a positional authority and, and it's, oh, this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Um, and I could say that about 
every promotion I ever got, I, w- I always thought I was more ready for it than I was and then had to eat some humble pie when I realized I didn't maybe know as much or wasn't as ready for it as I thought I was. But I think for me, at, at its core, I, I really think hu- leadership development is about human development. And good leaders know that they don't have all the answers, that they really need to, they're really just a facilitator of the work, right? And it's about bringing people together to execute things, or at least I think that's a lot of what it's about, and giving people opportunities to to take on challenges and succeed or fail and learn from that experience. And I think So for me right now, what I'm taking forward from a lot of my years in leadership is just a reminder that I'm not done yet myself, that there's still a lot of work that I have to do. And if I want to continue to be a leader, whether that's at the community level or in in other ways that I might choose to do it going forward, I've got work to do. And I think for me to get to where I need to get to with my leadership journey, this this year of unthawing that I'm giving myself as my gift here is an important step on that journey. I don't know what all the results of it are going to be yet, but I know that everything that I have learned previously and everything I'm learning now will be applied um, both informally and formally in any uh, leadership roles that I have in the future. And, And as you mentioned, it's an art form, right? It's a it is a, it's a discipline and an art form and a little bit of science and a little bit of black magic. And even more so when we apply it to ourselves in our own situations, when you internalize some of it, it's, it's amazing how it can unlock a lot of things and make us look a little bit more deeper. And that self-awareness and that self-reflection really start to give you a lot of perspective in what's happening. I cannot agree more. Yeah. And if a leader's not doing their work, the first people who are going to know it are the people who they are leading. <laughs> I think, I think for me, I hope that I was a good leader in the teams that I led and in the people that I had the privilege of being responsible with and for and it it is a privilege to lead people and it is a it, it is a role i think in some, many organizations we are promoted because we're functionally good at something and i've talked a lot about this in some of the leadership development training i've done over the years that is great on one level you need to be functionally competent but you also need to be what i would call the t functionally competent is the horizontal or the vertical and the all the leadership stuff is the horizontal right and that requires completely different skill set than functional competence and you need to work on both parts of your t to be I think a really good leader. And I think that's what you said just really struck me. We're promoted because we're seen as doers, mm-hmm. right? 
we're promoted and we continue to be rewarded for that behavior of the doing. We've talked about the excessive doing in certain situations and not necessarily promoted due to relationship or strength of character or ability to learn those kinds of things. No, that really stuck with me. So when you think about advice, because of course I'm going to ask if I can, (laughs) if I can get a minute of your advice, I will always take it. So I am going to ask you what advice you have for our listeners and what are some things that you would want them to know? Ooh, advice. So I think there's a couple things I would give as advice. And I know that this has worked for me. I don't, so I don't know if it's going to work for everybody, but I do think we've talked about this a little bit, but finding some time to be self-reflective for me, probably at the height of my most chaotic leadership roles, I use meditation and I, I have shared with many people that I have been a meditator for 25 years or more, sometimes with great focus and attention and other times complete failure. But one of the things that I've learned is even if it's five minutes a day, and if I do it in the morning, for me, that's when it works so that I could center myself and try to learn to watch my thoughts. (laughs) And when you get good at meditation, that's really what you learn to do. You learn to watch how your mind responds and spins on things. People think meditation is about relaxing. That's really not what it's about. It's about noticing when your mind starts to drift and being able to bring it back to the present moment. Find that thing that works for you. For me, it was that. Exercise is another thing that kind of helped me keep my sanity Those two things got me through the pandemic along with some good relationships, family and friends. But the other piece of advice that I would give, just given what we talked about earlier, and I think where the world is headed, if you're not a learner, meaning you're not willing to take on new challenges, learn about things that maybe scare you, try new things, whatever it is, but... the learners are going to be the ones who are successful in this phase that's coming because I think change, we've all been experiencing change accelerating, but I I think we we haven't even begun to touch how that's going to exponentially grow in the years to come. And so the learners are going to be the ones who are adapting to the change that's coming at them and finding creative solutions in the moment to deal with the the multiple things that are going to be thrown at us, I think. So find your learning medium. If it's a podcast, great. If it's a book, if it's some other form, depending on what kind of learner you are, lean in hard because you're going to need it. I like that. You're going to need it. Definitely going to need it. Julie, are you interested in having people be able to connect with you on LinkedIn or anything like that? Is there some place that people can reach out to follow along, if you will? 
Yeah, I'm not a big social uh, media person. So the best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. I am out there. I'm not probably as active as I need to be, but that's all intentional right now, just given what I am trying to personally do. But I will respond. It might not be as quick as it would have been two months ago, but I, I promise that if you reach out to me, I will, I will respond. Great. We'll so that's the best place to reach me. Yeah. We will make sure that people know where to find you. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your story and this part of your journey. I think we'll all be interested to see where it takes you and what things you're learning and reflecting on as you go. Thank you. I, a super thank you and shout out to you and Holly for a, for inviting me. I loved it. Thank you. But just, I, I so admire that you two are, are doing this and putting different voices out there. And I just, just know that I am also a devoted listener and I'm uh, enjoying the work that you're doing. Thank you both so much. We appreciate that. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening in on this latest episode of Uplifting Women podcast. Holly and Kristen appreciate your dedication to uplifting women and look forward to you joining them again soon. This podcast is sponsored by upliftingwomen.net, as well as Holly Tesca Coaching and Consulting and Regent Leadership Group. Please visit your favorite platform where you found this podcast to leave a review. If you are an uplifting woman or a man who champions women's success with a story to share, Kristen and Holly would love to talk to you please visit upliftingwomen.net and leave us a message.